Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Avery Sports Show. Recovering after the first week of CEBL play, I want to have on one of the premier voices in the league, the voice of the Montreal Alliance for TSN and the TSN online broadcast and TSN TV, TSN radio. It is the one, the only, Mo Khan. Mo, welcome to the podcast, buddy. How you doing, sir? I am well, Avery. Thank you so much for having me on, my friend. No, of course. I want to have you on and talk little ball for quite some time and first of all Mo, I want to ask you what does it mean to be back again not just um, in the CBL but being able to call Montreal Alliance games in a market that's really embraced the CBL because we know Quebec is a big basketball hub but the Alliance have been a big draw there's been a lot of tension has been good ball start 2023. It has been Avery I mean first off it's it's been an honor to be the voice of English uh, Alliance basketball games with Dwight Walton my colleague and uh, to have this role you know, Dwight always reminds me, hey, Mo, you're, you're the voice of Montreal basketball. I go, yeah, cool. But you don't really realize it, right? Because people come up to you, hey, are you so-and-so? I go, yeah, I am. So there is an impact, right? That, hey, what we're doing from from a broadcast perspective of what we do for Alliance Home Games, uh, people do enjoy not only in Montreal, but across uh, Canada for those who watch the CEBL. And it's been a blast. And this league has definitely found a love affair with the city of Montreal. We had a sellout crowd on Friday night for the home opener against Niagara. A really good crowd on a Sunday afternoon when the weather is fantastic in the city of Montreal for the first time in eons. And, you know, if they continue to win, and look, Avery, you know very well living in Edmonton. In this city of Montreal, you win, they show up, right? So if mm-hmm. they continue to have this great start to the year, I expect to see more fans come out to games at the Verdun Auditorium. No, of course, of course. You know, it's funny because you mentioned that Montreal, you see, of course, you know, this team has Joel Anthony working in the front office. We also see um, Lou Dort show up. You see a lot of NBA guys showing up. I love the fact that this is a league that, of course, the same power, but is getting the attention from NBA players, current and present. It's getting attention from Canada basketball. It's a FIBA-certified league. The fact that the CBL is showing that, hey, we want to be not just a premier league in this country, but we want to be a league that can have NBA guys coming towards us. We can tell people, hey, you know, sure, the Raptors are done. Sure, the Finals are here. But there's still basketball to watch in summertime. It's amazing to see them. It is. I mean, you, you know, on Friday, Lou was there as Chris Boucher was there. He's been there for the first two games, Chris Boucher. And what it is, Avery, what, what the CBL has done really well to market itself is that when an NBA guy shows up or Drake shows up at the game, automatically it's on their social media platforms, whether it's Instagram, uh, Twitter, whatever it is. And that's where you gain eyeballs and people are like, well, what's this league all about? Let me see what it is. Oh my God, you know, like Drake, for example, the OVO line came out with the Scarborough line today, I think it is, right? Which is the limited right. edition stuff that they have. So that's how they're growing. And I think that's the key. And you know very well, basketball is a younger demographic sport in Canada. Um, it also caters to a lot of ethnic minorities across mm. this country of ours. And I think that's the appealing factor of the whole process to see what they've done so far from the CEBL marketing perspective. And in Montreal, I mean, look, going to the games, seeing the, you know, observing the fans, it's a lot of young families, a lot of people who are 18 to 35, male and females, who have shown up to watch this Montreal Lions team play. And, and hopefully, if they continue to win, uh, we'll see more and more fans show up and buy into the product, which will help the league grow, whether you're in Winnipeg, Edmonton, Vancouver, or points in between. No, of course. I don't agree with more at that, Mo. And, of course, 2023 is a strong start for the Alliance. They're uh, undefeated the first two games of the year. And they're getting some great play from guys like Nathan Kale, Blake Francis. What are your thoughts on that and this team's play in which they have been able to score at will and they're able to have two strong wins they've been able to beat Niagara early this year and they've had a really strong start this season so far Mo. yeah no question I think the Niagara game was the one that really caught everyone's attention because coming into the year from a betting perspective Niagara had the best odds to win the CBL with the returning start that they had 
under Coach Rasso. And I think for Montreal with Blake Francis, Ahmed Hill, uh, Trivion Graham, the three Americans that they brought in this year have been the foundation pieces to this team's success. And you brought up Nathan Kayo, who's had a mar- remarkable start to the year. Uh, he had a strong finish with the Alliance. He worked on his shooting uh, um, skills during the offseason or during his uh, playing time overseas and whatnot. And you can see it now that it's really paid off, his hard work. And that's going to be the key for Montreal, Avery, is this, that they have Ottawa on Thursday on the road and they're home to Brampton on Sunday in Montreal. That's going to be a key divisional matchup. And now we see with the CEBL, it's now a divisional format, which is huge for a tiebreaker perspective and to have that playoff seating going towards the middle of August when it's all said and done. So I think right now for the Alliance, with what they have with Francis, um, I think he's the heartbeat. Uh, Derek Alston, the head coach of this team, told me, look, he is my brain on the court. He's the guy that's going to be the link-up play going from one end to the other end. And, you know, he did get banged up against Ottawa, but he, he persevered. He went through and had 19-plus points in that win over Ottawa on Sunday. And I think if, if however far he goes is how far the team will do well. And he's rubbed off a lot of people in the right way that they want to win and buy into what they're trying to do on the court. No, of course. You mentioned uh, right there Derek Olsen, of course. Um, new head coach from Montreal this year, going from Vincent Lavandier to Derek Olsen. What have been the biggest difference in head coaches going from Vincent to Derek now for a 2023 in your mind? They're running the ball. <laughs> They're running. They're going, right? It's a, <laughs> it's, and no, no, no insult to Vincent Lavandier. I think the European style that he brought in didn't fit the style of play for the CEBL. And, and like every, you follow the league for quite a while, right? It's you play tough defense and you go. Like it, it's not that, hey, you stop at half court. Let's set our, our, our screens and all that. No, no, you go, right? You get that two points. You get that three-point transition play, whatever comes from it. And what Austin's brought is that type of mentality that, look, we're going to play lockdown defense. Uh, we may not be the biggest team. They're not the biggest team out there. Mm-hmm. But we have the speed. We have the IQ. We have the acumen from that level that can definitely win ball games for them. And, and I asked them, who is his inspiration? Who has led him to be that type of coach? He goes, Tom Thibodeau, right, the head coach of the New York Knicks, and others who he's learned who he's learned from to kind of bring that program to his into his coaching world for what he wants to be. So I just think that you know for this for this team right now they've played some really good defense in the second half so far and they've run the ball like you're no longer seeing them stop and wait for the sets to happen here under Lavandier. He's telling these guys be courageous out there, go and attack the rim, create foul shots, create good shots. That can go in for us. If you do that, we'll win our games moving forward. It's really been fun to, to see you in Montreau. And I want to ask you both. Now, we do have, again, Wealth relocated to Calgary. And we got Winnipeg in the league now. Just what have been yeah. your, what are your impressions from afar from seeing both these markets getting crowds? We saw Winnipeg, 7,000 fans um, are in Winnipeg. You have a crowd in Calgary. I mean, Calgary's 2-0 and right now. They beat Edmonton. Just what have been your impressions to show that these new markets, once again, are – Packing buildings, getting great attention. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt the fact you know you've got a great player in town. You like Steph Smith. You got Chad Posmus in Winnipeg. I mean, it doesn't help that they got some great ballers there in both markets now. Though. Yeah, I'm really happy for Calgary and Winnipeg. Uh, Jason Ribeiro, who, who runs the whole operation with the Surge, his team has put in so much time and effort, right, to to sell the product, get ticket sales going up there. Uh, the social media platforms has been second to none for what they've done. I'm super happy for Winnipeg. You know, I was on, on with Andrew Patterson, who has a show in Winnipeg, and I said, Winnipeg is the gateway from the east to the west, right? It's mm-hmm. the middle point of Canada when it comes to the yes. professional sports landscape, right? And Winnipeg is a really good sports town when it comes to supporting their teams, whether it's the Jets, Bombers, or baseball, or even now, even with, with the uh, Canadian, uh, CPL team as well, and now with the CEBL there. To have 7,000 fans, Avery, um, when you haven't had pro ball in that city for, what, 20 years, whatever it is, is a huge statement to the sport in Canada. 
And it puts this sport on the map to say, look, we can definitely play with the big boys and have fans show up. And I think for Winnipeg to have that happen to them is remarkable. And I hope it continues on for them to get five, six, seven, seven thousand fans per game. Even if they get four thousand fans, it's it's a massive number for this league. So I'm really proud of these two two teams come in here. And you know, Mike Morreale, when he he came out with us last year for the home opener for the Alliance in 2022, and he talked about targeting Winnipeg and Calgary as the next markets to look at. And he's done that well. And now it's time for this thing to grow organically with the 10 teams as we speak, Avery. And then eventually, once we stabilize those 10 markets to say, like, we're good, you can look at it maybe a Halifax or a Quebec City or somewhere out west to say, look, they are now on our on our lines, uh, on our to-do list and bring them in uh, for the CEBL. So I think right now they're in great shape for all 10 teams. And for Mike Morial, he's done a great job to really grow this game organically. And now we'll see this team or these teams here across the board really flourish and move forward. And Mo, what I love is the fact, of course, you know, yes, the CBL might have made some stumbles with, with wealth, with struggles with the um with um with land, with yeah. land. you know what? At least you know what? We made these mistakes, we're gonna fix, we're gonna correct it and try and come back bit bigger and better. Because other leagues, you know, that might have been the end if you had relocation this early, a team folding mm-hmm. this early. The CBL has shown that hey, we're not going to fully collapse these teams going away. We're gonna find a way to come back better and stronger. Yeah, you're you're bang off that, Avery, because, you know, there's that confidence issue. And look, in the higher levels, like we see in MLB with Oakland, about to, mm-hmm. he's about to move from Oakland to Vegas, they probably won't go back to Oakland. You know, that, that's the reality of life, but right? It's right. sports business. But here in Canada, it's a different uh, business model where they don't want to fail. But again, like you look at Guelph, it was a good market, but they probably felt it was better to go to Calgary. And now you have that geo rivalry with Edmonton. Vancouver not far away, Sask and Winnipeg not far away. It, it creates that geography rivalry that you want to have that you might say to a fan, hey, let's go down to Calgary watch game from, from Edmonton or vice versa. Or if you're Winnipeg, you might go to Sask to watch a game or vice versa, right? So, and even in the East where you have Scarborough, Brampton, Montreal, Ottawa, all within drives of each other, and, you know, eventually if the league does expand to say Quebec City or Halifax, which is a super duper Pardon me, the super super duper line that I'm using. I don't know what I'm using that line for, but it's a supermarket for for basketball. Like they host the U Sports Final Eight every second or third year, whatever it is now. So I just think that this league can definitely grow, and if they do it right, which they are, I think we we, we can legit have a coast to coast league from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean at some point in its life existence. No, I think it's totally possible to see that be a reality. And you mentioned earlier the fact that this is the first year in which we now have an Eastern and a Western conference. And one thing players used to tell me a while ago was that it was tough doing these road trips where you would go to Niagara, you would go, it was hard on the body in such a short season to do big road trips to Ontario, to Quebec, to the Maritimes. You're playing less games in Ontario. Or if you're in the Eastern conference, you're playing less games in BC and Alberta. I think it's a big thing that I'm glad that we're now at a point where we don't have to have Edmonton traveling so often to Niagara or Ottawa or vice versa, yeah, it's it's massive. You can talk to some guys on Sunday about that. Uh, you're bang on. Like you look at the schedule now, right? Montreal plays Ottawa Sunday, Thursday. Calgary played Edmonton the first two games Saturday, Sunday, right? So, yes. so you're seeing the travel where it's less uh, strenuous on the bodies. And you're right because you're playing 20 games uh, in a span of two months, which is huge because that's taxing the body almost every third or fourth day uh, that you're playing in Canada from May, June, July into August if you go that far. And, you know, again, it goes back to that point, Avery, that we talked about expansion, that if they do go to Quebec City, if they do go to Halifax, which might be the furthest team from everyone else, but you can create that rivalry. And that's what you want to have in, in the long view of the league's um, growth. 
And I just think that this, this new divisional format is going to benefit everyone because now you're going to have best on best in terms of divisional uh, format that you're going to move forward with. And you'll have division winners. And, and that creates that, that, that drive to say, look, we're playing for something now. And now if we get to Vancouver for the championship weekend in mid-August, we have something to work with as momentum moving forward. No, of course. And of course, we know, we know the CBL has been known for a few years now for maintaining the Elam ending and talking to a few players in Calgary who are new to the league, talking to a few players in Edmonton who are new. One thing that they've loved, you know, good or bad, the guys still find the Elam ending. I look back after all these years now, the CBL has stood by the Elam ending. They keep wanting to use it. And we saw, we saw Edmonton Calgary, second game. We saw the math yeah. back of the surge being down 16 finding ways to win. We saw the first game of the year, Ottawa, uh, Ottawa Brampton, the massive game on, on TSN. It's what have been your impressions now? We've now, we now have seen about three years of data that shows that Elam ending really is a better way to end the ball game. It is. It's a very cool way. I, I like it. Uh, I know there's some arguments about how, how can you end on a free throw? Well, it's a game winning shot, right? That's the idea. You're, you're trying to create that game winning shot from player A, B, C, or D, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this has been fun. It, it keeps... You know what it is, Avery? When you watch an NBA game or a college basketball game, when you're down 22 minutes to go, it's over, right? You know you're not going right. to win the game, even with five minutes to go or, or six minutes to go. But now in the Elam ending, you're down 20. You have a chance, man. Like, you, you can go on a run. And as you saw with, with Ottawa and Brampton uh, op- home opener or opening night for the league, Ottawa came back to win that game. And, and the funny part was Ottawa was down by 15 against Montreal on Sunday. Obviously, <laughs> Montreal won that game. And, and it was the same thing. Like, you know, it's, that's the whole idea is that you, you, you give that team trailing the chance to say, we can maybe make a run here. And it keeps the fans engaged because it's a new look. And it's not that old school foul free throw. Foul, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not doing that. You're like, now you're, you're, you're saying, okay, play basketball. And that's going to be key now moving forward here for these teams because now you see the new kids on the block, the Winnipeg's, Calgary's, even Montreal, all off to Flyers right now, 2-0, 2-0, 1-0. Mm-hmm. And if these teams continue to win, the, the old guards, so to speak, right, the more established teams are going to be chasing them. And that becomes even more important to win those Elam ending matchups to say we need to win out and get ourselves a good playoff spot going towards the end of July. No, of course. You know, um, it's a young season. Teams have only played one or two games. But I would even ask you, I know it's early, but – any surprises so far you've seen in the league? Yeah, I'll be fascinated by Brampton, right? Because, again, with them doing what they did last year and and them off to a bit of a rudderless start in terms of where they are and expectations and stuff, uh, they, they got a big week coming up, right? They'll play Montreal here, uh, you know, when we're done. And, and people have said, you know, even though Montreal was 4-16 last year, the 2-0 this year, mm-hmm. uh, many visiting teams were impressed by the Verdun crowd, right, and how loud it got in the gym or, or the, the arena that it is in Montreal. So I think that's the team I'm curious to see how they rebound back. I think Niagara, when they, when they play Calgary, uh, that's going to be fun to watch for the national eyes, see if they can rebound back from a, of a glitch of a start that they had against Montreal and also Vancouver. I'm intrigued by what they can do because this is a team that has a Duke player on the, on the roster who they brought in. And even though they lost to Winnipeg and look, the stars were allowed for the Seabirds to win that game. Uh, <laughs> I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by Vancouver because they will be hosting championship weekend, right? So they'll have one of the four spots, in Vancouver, so can they build up towards that weekend, and hopefully for for the for the Bandits fans' sake, they can win that championship, right, and create that buzz and momentum going to the off year. So Vancouver, I'm intrigued, and Niagara and Brampton, those are the three teams I want to watch moving forward, going towards the month of June. Interesting, interesting. And you know, um, championship weekend you mentioned it's in Vancouver, and that's one thing I know. Some people have some people haven't been a fan of the fact that the the team hosting is automatically getting in like Memorial Cup in hockey. 
But I don't mind it, though. I still think the CBL is a place where we want to have local fan interest. So why not keep the local team hosting? I mean, maybe maybe one day you don't have to do it. But I think right now in year five, I still think it's, it's still important more to keep local interest in and guarantee those fans, hey, you still have a chance to see your hometown team play for a title. They may not win it all, but they're going to be in that final four still. Yeah. It's look, I get the arguments from both sides, right? And I'm all for what the format is right now mm-hmm. because, you know, Avery, let's call it for it is as young as the CBL is and now it's starting to grow. I mean, you don't want to risk the fact that, hey, if you host it in City A and that team's not in there, you may not get enough fans, right? Mm-hmm. But, but now with Vancouver involved, wherever they finish, one, two, three, or four, you're guaranteed that fans will show up and they might say, you know what, I'm going to stick around for the whole weekend and watch this event unfold. And that's where you want to grow it. And that's where I think the, C- the CEBL is going to definitely kind of thrive from that perspective of having the host team being involved. We'll see where next year's event will be. And, and I, look, I believe Winnipeg will be hosting this event at some point in the next three, four years. They, they should definitely deserve to do so. Um, so these are the markets that you want to have, like buzzing markets, Montreal, Winnipeg, Vancouver, I'm really excited for. And, you know, if you watch the Vancouver social media platforms, they've done so much for the growth and, and branding this whole, uh, you know, transfer from, from the interior of the BC to where they are now, from Fraser Valley to now Vancouver. Um, I believe that they'll do well. Langley is a really good sports uh, events place that they do host, that they'll host the, the finals over there. And I know people who've gone there that say it's a great sight line as well. So I expect to see strong crowds for that. And, you know, high school basketball in BC is massive. Mm-hmm. They sold out the Langley Center for high school finals back in March. So I think we'll see, you know, three, four, maybe 5,000 fans show up uh, for the CEBL finals, whoever's going to be at that point in mid-August, for that matter. No, I totally agree. A couple of questions here before I let you go, Mo. Uh, I know, of course, I mentioned you being on the broadcast, English broadcast, things for TSN. How cool is it to see the investment of TSN into the CEBL? We have broadcasts all throughout every market in the league. There's a game of the week on TSN. You've got known broadcasting names in Canada. You've done NBA games like uh, Rod Black, Amy Arterbert, um, Chuck Swarovski is back in Canada doing games. But I think it's really cool to see. And that shows people like, oh, wow, this is making real traction. If we can get guys like a Rod Black and Chuck Swarovski to call our games on TSN. Yeah, you know, uh, Rod, Rod's been calling games with Scarborough since last year, right? right. So he's been a carryover for what he is, for what he's done for the team mm. this year. And uh, look, it's massive for the league to have that partnership with TSN um, because, you know, TSN is in sports one of the biggest platforms for sports, right? Where they want to watch soccer, football, whatever it is, hockey, basketball. And I think now to have the game of the week and they'll have double headers, which will be the case on, on Tuesday night, um, it's there's nothing else going on. There's no... NBA final. There's no NHL final going on besides the Blue Jays. I believe we're playing this week. I think tonight and Tuesday. There's a good chance here for the for the league to kind of grow, right? And there's no CFL as well until next week. So if this league can kind of generate a good strong number and and have fans literally stay until the end of the game because the Elam ending or other target score ending enables you to see that last shot to be won by whoever. That's how you're going to grow this fan base. That's how you're going to say to a young boy or girl to say, Dad, Mom, I want to go catch a game. Let's go do it. It's not far from where we live and enjoy this environment. So I think this is great for the league. And if they do produce strong TV numbers, um, who knows? Maybe there'll be more and more games that'll be nationally televised that doesn't conflict with the CFL or, or NHL or NBA schedule that might happen in the coming years. No, of course. That's going to I mentioned the growth right there. And how far away do you think we are from possibly, say, getting every CBL game on DSNs over? I know every game is on TSN Direct. But how soon do you think it'll be until we can get 
every single TSCBL game on the main channels on television. That would be amazing if someone did every game on the, on TV. It would be massive. It would be huge for the league. It, it, it would enhance the credibility of the league, right, in terms of the eyes of those who might be on the fence about whether they like it or not. I think this is more of a long play, Avery, that it's not going to happen tomorrow. Right. But again, for the for the games that will be on national or national TV, um, that's where they have to really make the inroads. And that's where they have to grow the fan base. And if they can do that, then you're going to have the, the decision makers at TSN and Mike Morreale and others who are part of that uh, staff at the CEBL say, look, let's let's do it. Let's take that leap of faith here and make this a staple for summer, spring, summertime sporting viewing for our Canadian people. Because, look, Avery, think about it right now, right? In this country that we live in, we live in cold. So we're indoors pretty much from October until April. And once we hit May, June, July, August, we all want to be outside because the weather's nice. We don't have that window of longevity to have great weather that goes year-round. So how can you kind of justify to fans, I'm going to stay home when it's 25 degrees in outside to watch a game? So it's all about the product and how well they market it and how well these players go out there to showcase the S. This is worthwhile to stay indoors and watch on a Sunday afternoon or on a Friday night. Okay, sorry, my white line. I do have one more question for you, buddy. We have, we've seen guys in CBL graduate to G League deals, NBA contracts. Guys like Xavier Moore, most notably, Cat Barber, Lindell Wigington. Is there a pathway, do you think, in which we could see maybe one day a formal partnership between the NBA and the CBL, much like how the NBA formed the BAL and there was a partnership between the BAL and the NBA. Could you yeah. see that somewhat happening with the NBA and the CBL, be it NBA team, maybe assign guys to CBL teams. Maybe it's a CBL select team playing in summer league games. I think there is right. some level of path where we could see a partnership between these two leagues some way, somehow. Yeah, there, there is a bit of that partnership. Uh, you know, guys, uh, I know there's one guy from Brampton who just signed uh, a trial contract with one NBA team for the, for the summer league coming up, right? So he's gone mm-hmm. for the week. So you, you do see that. And that's the one thing about the rosters in this league, right? It, it's so much turnover week in, week out, day by day practically, that you have to be on top of it pretty right. much because guys, thankfully, are, are getting a, a chance to play on a summer league team for the NBA Vegas rosters and all that. And, and, and that's what we're all for, right? And Mike Morelli has said it before. We're all for these guys to get bigger contracts or a chance to play NBA, NBA G League or play high level overseas. And they're not going to block guys from doing that because they know that, look, yes, they're taking a risk to come up here because they can have been suffering injury and, and their year's done and they lose value. But these guys also realize, too, this is our chance to kind of showcase our skills on this side of the pond that we can play and hopefully get the cast the eyes of, of an NBA team to bring us in for a training camp, trial camp or go to a G League roster during the Vegas time at the end of July. So there is that roster rotation, but again, it's a good league, and I think this league can definitely grow as it continues to move forward with the direction that they have under Mike Morreale and the entire staff and crew at the head offices. Awesome. And Mo, I got thank you for hopping on Avery Sports Show. And hopefully we can do it again. I, I can come down to the Singers Lions game in Verdun this year. That'd be really cool to do. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Hopefully we can, man. I'd love to. I, I know the Winnipeg guys want me to come down from the Seabears Alliance game. I'd become an in-demand person to come down to the city series. So I might do like a MoCon uh, Canada tour at some point. But I really appreciate you having me on, my friend. And I love your work. You're a hard worker, dude. Uh, and, you know, you always bring a smile to what you do, which I always appreciate from, from where I am in Montreal to where you are in Edmonton, my friend. Awesome. Appreciate it, Mo. Thank you so much, buddy. Likewise to you as well, dude.